This is the Two-Tone Uncensored Podcast. Hosts Matt McCrone, Ryan Moreland, and Glenn Lotzenheiser talk everything Tennessee Titans. This show is made for the fans of Bleed Two-Tone Blue. Hey, this is Kevin Dyson, former Tennessee Titan, and you're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored. This is Two-Tone Uncensored. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Moreland. With me tonight, someone who deserves much congratulations, Matt Necrone. 6,000 <laughs> members strong now on the te- on the Tennessee Titans Uncensored fan page. Congrats, man. We the best. And Nothing more. <laughs> that's it. That's all. I and do a shot of that. Another guy that deserves a lot of congratulations on being the official face of the Tennessee Titans, Glenn Lotzenheiser. What's up, Glenn? Hey, man. I'm driving back from Nashville. I, I didn't get the uh, wide receiver coach job. My bad. Uh, uh-huh. I, I tried, guys. Take a shot. Let's do it. Only right. if trying was good enough. Okay. Um, we got a. We you know it's going into the off season now. We don't have a lot to cover. There's a, a couple small news stories here and there to cover, but not a ton of stuff. So tonight we figured what we would do. It's just have an episode where we answered all of your mailbag questions. Mm-hmm. Just get all of them. We have a bunch of them here tonight that we're going to get into and cover, and we'll talk about a little bit into the the playoffs and what's been going down and uh, who we have in these next upcoming games in the championship games. So let's start off here with the first mailbag question from Taylor Hurst. Uh, Frisman Jackson, and I know I'm probably saying his name wrong, but Coach Jackson was announced as the new wide receiver coach. What do you think he brings to the table for us, and how do you think he can help us develop young guys like Tarzay Sharp and whoever we end up getting in this draft? Honestly, this is pretty much a uh, who for me. Um, I don't know enough about the guy and what he's done, what his uh, body of work is, to have a real opinion on him. Uh, I'm curious to see. Uh, they, they didn't go and get an established guy, so I'm curious to see what he does bring to the table, You know what kind of changes we see in our group this year. Uh, I know they wanted to bring the guy over from Denver. I'm not sure that just the next guy on the list, if that was this guy or they just liked what he said or if it's his connection to Coach Robisky whenever he played at Cleveland for a minute. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Uh, the one thing I did see was that Malarkey said he was impressed with the visit they had, that he was uh, passionate and smart and detailed with all of his answers in the interview. And uh, obviously he did play with Coach Trubisky before uh, as a player at Cleveland Browns. But yeah, like Glenn said, I don't know much about him other than, you know, what I'm reading for today. I never heard of him before. I don't, I don't expect anybody else to really know who he was unless you're a Temple fan. But I mean, he's a younger guy, which is what I was aiming for. And hopefully he pans out. Yeah. Like you guys, I don't know much about him. Uh, I have some friends uh, that are big Temple fans, and I asked them what they thought about him. He's been there, you know, since 2015, and they were impressed with him. They said that their wide receivers have um, improved as a unit, and you know their their passing game has improved as a whole since he's been there. Then uh, they they liked him for that. Um, yeah, as as Glenn said, he played under Terry Robisky in Cleveland, and he's had success at Temple. And he's a guy that's definitely not a big name. So we'll see how it works out, you know. I mean, none of us really know much about him. Hopefully he can do a lot of good work. Still brings up the question, especially if he doesn't succeed, if he, if the wide receivers struggle at the beginning, it's going to bring up, like, why did we do this? You know, but but if he has success, and it's not that hard to have success right now because I think we're going to end up getting a big-name guy coming out, and we're only going to get better. So, you know, setting up for easy success at that position. But, uh, yeah. but if we don't. It's going to bring up a lot of questions on that move. I think really you could bring on anybody and and have some moderate success. Even even Glenn, for instance, if he he came in there, put his put his mitts out there and and showed him how to catch a ball, I'm pretty sure we we would be all right with who we got. They don't want to learn from me. I <laughs> I was a crappy tight end for the minute that I played it. You know. Well, 
I played thing slot receiver on the team. My, my, I ran the ball much better 45 blocker. times the game, so I can tell them how to block. Yeah. There you go. I was going to say, I can, I can show them how to block and knock somebody's socks off, but I can't do them a lot of good for catching the ball. That over-the-shoulder thing where you look back and catch the ball, that doesn't happen in my world. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn's neck's almost as stiff as our corners. <laughs> it's probably more. <laughs> All right, next question here, guys, from Sonny Ali. The Titans have signed cornerback Ty Smith on a futures contract. Is he anything more than just a camp body? I'm going to guess no. Um, he was projected to go undrafted. He ran a 4-6-40 in the draft combine. Um, it, I think in the combine. I don't know if he actually went to the combine. I know his time was a 4-6. Uh, they didn't think he'd get drafted. The Seahawks took him <clears> in the fifth round as a developmental guy, and then obviously he's back on the market here. I, I don't know enough about his actual skill set to think that he's going to get on the field for us. Obviously, in Seattle, he was playing in a much better secondary than we have, so maybe he's got some ability that we haven't seen. You know, this may be one of those John Robinson finds where he's like, I looked at this guy, I thought he had some you know potential, but you know he's not short. I'll give him that. You know, it's a nice departure from our five nine five ten defensive back core, but he's slow. You know, at least for a defensive back. That doesn't really excite me, so I'm going camp buddy at this point. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I I agree. I'd say by default he's my new uh, favorite cornerback, but um, I don't know. One thing I did notice, I, I I typed in his name and and looked at some highlights, and the only thing I noticed, you know, he played at a small school, uh, Towson. So I mean, they they didn't really play anybody impressive. However, the couple games they did play, uh, I did see him make two major plays uh on Zach Mettenberger LSU. So, I mean, his his body of work is probably pretty suspect, but for the big games he did play, uh he lit up Mettenberger pretty pretty good twice. So, because that's I mean, special. I, well, I mean, <laughs> LSU's LSU. I mean, shit, when you're playing in the CAA, whatever conference that is, I don't even know what that is to be completely honest. Uh but that's the conference that they play in. Apparently they play a game or two, a big game or two a year. So I mean, they played LSU, and I think Ryan told me earlier they played West Virginia one year. So um, I'm not expecting huge things from this guy, but it can't be any worse than what we got. That's the only way that I know him is he did play West Virginia one time when he was in college, uh, and he did get handled, but he was going up against Kevin White, who you know is that last year that Kevin White was in West Virginia where he just had a, a fantastic season and. I mean, he's huge and fast. This guy's not that big and slow, so it wasn't a good matchup for him. But this is the ninth guy that we've got on a futures or a reserve contract. Just to go through him real quick, uh, Jonathan Cruz, a wide receiver, lineman, Kareem Barton, linebacker, Courtney Brown, tight end, Jerome Cunningham, running back, David Flewellen, tackle, Taylor Mars, wide receiver, K.J. May, tight end, Tim Simich, Tim Simich, defensive back Ty Smith now is the, the ninth one added. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, I figured I'd go over this real quick because I don't know how many uh, fans know what a future reserve contract. It's just a guy that can come in and play for that roster spot, and it's not a big camp hit. They're really small contracts. You don't have to pay them the minimums uh, unless you they make the team. Then you have to go up to a league minimum. But at the time they're here, you can pay them these really small contracts because they're probably not making the team anyway. And it just means that these guys get a better shot at making teams and that teams can uh, have more use for them. So, no, it's a guy that I think it's going to be a camp body, though, to answer Sonny's question there. Is there a uh, age limit on that futures contract, like there is a practice squad? You know what? That is a really good question. Because, I, honestly, right before you got it out, I was literally going to ask you what a futures contract was because I did not know. But... You beat me to it. Hold on, I'll Google yeah. it real quick. This is the kind of guy that will end up playing in the uh, that developmental league that they're talking about getting going for the NFL. You know, <laughs> if you don't want to go to college, you go play here. You know, it, it's a decent deal. I mean, if you if you know you can't make it to the NFL, but you can go make fifty, sixty thousand dollars. You know, even for just one year, you might as well go play in that. Glenn, I would pay. Uh, excuse me, I would play for a lot less than that. I would too. It's not a question. So the, the idea that you can go make fifty, sixty thousand dollars, and they'll pay for your school and your room and board while you're doing it—that's a pretty damn good deal. It's all—it's everything you get with a scholarship, except for having the big college thing, and you make fifty thousand dollars. 
to go play football and you don't actually have to go to school if you don't want to, I, <laughs> there, there will be some guys that go that way. You know, uh, that, I'm, I'm thinking of like uh, Marshall who couldn't read by, when he got to the NFL. That kind of guy would end up over here. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's back when I was younger, so you 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 guys probably weren't even alive. <laughs> but no, uh, I can't remember his name. It was Lawrence Marshall or something like that. Um, he, he was a uh, linebacker uh, for the Redskins. I thought you meant Brandon Marshall. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I believe you. Though. I believe I, you. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's possible. You're like. I can see him being that guy. But no, no. The only I just this guy I got to the NFL. He couldn't read. He he, he didn't. Have, he had the literacy of like a third or fourth grader. Okay. I just uh, looked it up, and there the there is no age limitation for a futures contract. The only thing is you can't be on an NFL roster. As soon as you make a fifty-three man roster, they have to pay you league minimums. Yeah. Which right? Which right now is non-existent. No, there is league minimums. There's, it's there's a veteran minimum with four years, and then there's the. No, I mean there's minimum. no, there's no set in stone fifty three man roster right now. That's what. Oh I'm no, 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 huh? Not as soon as the team's eliminated, you're not required to hold a fifty three man roster. No. Right. Okay. All right. So moving on here to the third question, David Green, what all corners should we look at if we take Williams at number five? All of them. <laughs> Anybody who's left on the board, they're, they're going to look real hard at the entire top group here. You know, if if they do take Williams at five, they, they eliminate themselves from maybe a couple of guys. But this class is so deep, I don't expect to see a lot of guys go with the top 15 even. Uh, so you're going to look at everybody real carefully and try to figure out your guy. Quincy Wilson will probably be gone by the time we get around to picking again. Um, maybe Humphreys, just depending on you know how teams evaluate them. But... Other than that, the rest of the group should still be there. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, nothing really to add. I would say there there are going to be guys that skyrocket, and even so, I don't see any corner really going in the top, I don't know, seven or eight, really. I think they're all going to go a little bit later than that. So I think definitely our, our second pick, even if we trade back or, or however we maneuver, I still believe we're going to have two first-round picks. And I do think with the second one, we'll be taking our cornerback. Yeah, I have the same answer as you guys, everybody. I just picked out three guys that really play man coverage well, uh, just because that's what we've been doing a lot of, and that was Quincy Wilson, who Glenn mentioned, uh, Desmond King coming out of Iowa, and then uh, Marlon Humphreys from Alabama, who's a little raw. We've talked about him before in the show. He is raw. He's a guy that is going to take a little bit of time, but the measurables are so damn impressive. As big as he is, he's still got speed. Um, that's what's going to push him up into the first round, I believe. But those three guys play man coverage probably the best out of all of the uh, people that are coming out. Um, so those are guys that you could expect seeing. But I think everybody that's still on the board you could see here. This is a really deep class, like you guys said, at corner. I wouldn't be surprised if even with our uh, if we do end up trading back a little bit to get a second rounder, I wouldn't be surprised if we go corner, corner at that point. Yeah, because they're going to take you know need and value at that point. And outside of Mike Williams, there's not really much to be looked at for the uh, first round, except for maybe those inside linebackers. And it just kind of depends on where you land with that. You know, when you move down. Yeah. Here's a question for you guys. Uh, going off of this question, do you think if we did trade back um, one of those two first round picks, traded back and got an early second round pick, could you see us waiting? until that early second-round pick to get our first corner off the board? We could, but, I mean, again, it's all about who's there. But I don't think there's necessarily a need to do that. I think if there's a playmaker, you know, for argument's sake, a safety like Hooker from Ohio State, if we could get him in the late first round as opposed to a cornerback, I don't think Hooker would be there in the second round. So, I mean, if it's that kind of situation where we can get somebody like him to fill that spot, even though it's not necessarily a top need, and then still have we knowing we have a pick coming up here a few spots later in the second, I think we could easily do that. I'll say this for Jason Irons: our first pick, we're going to take a lineman, probably a guard. <laughs> <laughs> 
He he is so against taking Wyman in you know the first round of the draft that I'm gonna go ahead and say that now. He, he came around on Jack Conklin, so he, I'm not bashing the guy. I'm just saying, just for the sake of the funny for me, we're gonna take a guard in, top, in the first round just to solidify the offensive line some more. <laughs> yeah, Jason would be happy to hear that. But moving on here to the next one. Will Rush asks, Johns Robinson this week said, we're looking to get faster at the wide receiver position. It's something he has said quite a few times going into the offseason. Does that negatively affect the idea of drafting Mike Williams? Man, this, this is one of those things. You say this at a bar and Matt's cut you over the table. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's it, He's going to fuck you up for this. It, it all depends on his 40 time. Um, a guy like Mike Williams, you know, a, a true possession receiver who can – just catch the ball anywhere, anytime. I don't think that knocks him off of the list because he's a difference maker. They would like to get some blazing speed somewhere, which is where a guy like D.D. Westbrook comes into play later on in the draft. But, yeah, Mike Williams, his talent is sufficient and his ability is sufficient that unless he pulls like a four six eight forty or something like that, he's probably getting drafted pretty high. Yeah, he's he's not – I mean, when you think of Mike Williams, you think of – possession receiver but he's not uh you can't label him fast or slow he's he's neither in my opinion he's he's gonna be that top pick i believe he's definitely gonna be the, the if, if he's not the first receiver i'll be shocked whether we take him or not but his ability to make catches is bar none you know better than than any other receiver in the country in my opinion there's going to be plenty of guys that have speed that we can get later on. That's not the issue. There's always that diamond in the rough later on in, in the draft or even in free agency. But to, to grab a guy like that with that kind of ability, I mean, you can't go wrong in my opinion. He's he's made so many plays. And, and the thing is, man, like we came last year's national title game. We didn't have Clemson saying we didn't have Deion Kane. We didn't have Mike Williams because he had that neck injury. Um. I'm almost positive. I mean, it's it's easy to say now, but I'm almost positive we can we could have won that game. We only lost by five points. If we would have had Mike Williams in that game, he wouldn't be. He probably would have went pro last season, and you know who knows where he would have ended up. But he's not going to be a burner. But we don't need him to be a burner. He he can make plays without being that speed demon. And it's funny. Uh, last year, whenever he, they were talking about him coming out, people were talking about him being in the mid four. He's coming out. People are talking about him being in the mid four fives. Like his neck injury made him slower somehow. I don't. I don't see that being the case. You know, the, something that always bothered me is people talk about possession receiver like it's a bad thing. And I don't get it. Possession receiver means when you throw him the ball, he gets the ball and you keep possession. Uh, it doesn't mean he's slow. It, it usually means a tall guy who uses his body well and has a good catch radius. Is usually what possession receiver means. It doesn't mean he's fast. Uh, you know, Tajay Sharp would be a possession receiver by that definition, but it doesn't mean you can't be fast because Julio Jones is a possession receiver. A.J. Green is a possession receiver. You throw the ball anywhere near them, they're going to go get it, and they're going to catch that damn thing. Yep. Well, to me, uh, Mike Williams is a, is a two-level, and I think that's better to use than possession, is, is a two-level guy. Um, obviously brilliant in the short game, great in the middle game, not a true deep threat, even though I think that he can uh, take the top off of the defense. We've seen him do it before. Just not He doesn't do it against really good defenses normally um, from what we've seen him so far. But he's a great two-level guy, and, and that guy normally has far more success and the, as on a career-wise as a two-level guy. And you brought up some guys like an A.J. Green or a Julio Jones that are like a few of the only three-level guys in the league and really – uh, really, um, Julio Jones isn't great in the short game. Uh, AJ Green happens to be, but anyway, he's a, they're saying mid fours, mid four four to mid four five. So average that out to about a four five forty. Look how many guys have been NFL wide receivers, some of the best NFL wide receivers that run four five or above. I mean, there's tons. Jerry Rice. Yeah, Jerry Rice ran like a four six, wasn't it? I mean, it was. Yeah. You, you, it's such an overrated stat, in my opinion, at the wide receiver position. Like at corner, I think it holds a lot of weight. You have to be fast, you know. You ha especially if you're playing man or you're playing off. You need to be quick to be able to get to the ball before it gets there. But at wide receiver, we've seen so many guys run slow forties and be very talented. I mean, 
Randy Moss is probably the only one in that like top five, top ten wide receiver all time that was blindingly fast. All the other guys are, you know, there's some fast ones, but most of them just averagely fast. So this doesn't worry me at all. You know, the guy's six three, two twenty five, has can catch anywhere. His catch radius is retarded. It's huge. It seems like everybody <laughs> coming out of Clemson though can catch the ball from here to the next area code. I mean, you look when, at when you, Hopkins. Let me ask you when when you think of a, a former player, and I don't know where you guys are going to go with this, but I got a guy in mind. Who do you compare Mike Williams to? What kind of style do you think he he compares to most? This is awesome because I have a guy prepared for this. <laughs> You're like leading me right into it, but. I have uh, Plexico Burris. He's six that's five. Exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, and, yep. he, and, and Burris ran a four five nine, which is not fast at all. I mean, that's much higher than I think we're going to see uh, Williams at. Even if Williams runs a bad forty, I think you're still going to see him be a half step faster than that. And Burris, yeah. was, he's super athletic everywhere else, just like Mike Williams is. Yeah, as long as Mike Williams doesn't shoot himself in the leg and you know has some you know, serious <laughs> mental issues going on, he's going to be just fine. Doesn't accidentally shoot himself? Exactly. Yeah. He's going to be all right. But yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like I think he's more athletically gifted than Plaxico. But, I would agree. But I but I think like that's the most be- that's the best comparable receiver. And outside of shooting himself, Burris had a really good career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, moving on to the next question here, uh, and we're going to stay in the realm of wide receivers. John Brew, and I know I'm spelling your, or saying your name wrong, bro, and I'm sorry about it, but looking at free agency coming up, what wide receivers, if any, do you think the Titans will try to sign? It, it's too hard to guess, man. Even if I had the list right in front of me, I just you never know what they're going to go after. A guy like uh, Muhammad Sanu in uh, Atlanta, he, he fit perfectly what they did. You saw it this last weekend here. He's not that fast, but he's so strong catching the ball that he makes a difference. There's there's going to be some quality guys out there. I'm just I'm not sure who it's going to end up being. I'm trying to think. You know, Alshon Jeffrey, but you know he's all talent, no brains, so that doesn't excite me. Uh, Vincent Jackson is 34 years old. Peter Garcon is definitely past his prime. I don't want nothing to do with Deshaun Jackson. Kenny Britt, hell no. We've already done that show. Uh, <laughs> Anquan Bolden's 36. Uh, maybe a Kamir Aiken, but he's fast, but not that productive. Uh, Brandon LaFell's 30, but, you know, okay. Michael Floyd, Ted Ginn. I mean, you, you, as you go down the list, you start running out of names that are worth the effort pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think we go cheap if we go anybody at all. And to, to go back to our point earlier – if we do go free agency wide receiver, it's going to be a speedster, somebody that, that can take the top off the defense. Completely on a side note, and it, it doesn't really apply, but I will say in all of the different um, Madden seasons that I've been doing <laughs> lately, <laughs> I will say that I've picked up Josh Gordon in every team I have. He's always, oh, yeah. he's always there, and I've used him when he's he's played fairly well. So, I mean, I, I know he's a headache at times, but – and I don't know what, what he's going to command as far as a salary goes, but if he's cheap enough, sign him up. Yeah, I mean, in, in a Madden world, you take him and Alshon Jeffrey, and you, you stick those two guys out there on the outside, you give yourself someone really fast at the slot and burn him up through the middle, and you're going to dominate. But, yeah. you know, in the real world, Gordon's not going to play a whole season. He's going to get suspended again at some point. It's, it's going to happen. Um I think a more realistic kind of guy would be like a Terrell Pryor if he actually gets out there because he had such a great season this year. I just don't know if the Browns let him walk away. Almost anybody else, but not him. Maybe a Robert Woods from Buffalo. Yeah, to, to Terrell Pryor, though. Okay. I was going to say, Terrell, Terrell Pryor, Cleveland actually said he's the only one not available for trade. The whole team is, is available except for Terrell Pryor. Except for he's going to be a free agent. Um you know, so the, they haven't they haven't signed him yet. A guy like Corderell Patterson, you know, he's shown a lot of you know special teams ability. Not much on the field as a receiver, but he's got all kinds of speed. It's just I understand that he's not real sharp. Um, yeah. I, I think they're more likely to go after somebody like a Russell Shepard from uh, Tampa Bay. You know, someone who did a pretty good job whenever he played, had some issues, but can catch the ball a little bit. There's you're not going to see anybody big and exciting out there. You brought up a lot of names. I was going to bring up. Um, Terrell Pryor is definitely one. They're estimating on sports track. I love using these guys. They're 
because they think numbers, you know, much better than I think most people do, and they have him as an estimated market value at nine point one million. So it's not going to be a cheap guy to get for sure, uh, but definitely a difference maker. And you can do a lot with him, you know, especially with all the cute stuff that Terry Obisky loves to do. He'd wet his pants getting a guy like that. Um, <laughs> Brandon LaFell does have that speed, but age is, you know, definitely a question mark for him. Kamar Aiken was a guy that I think I like. Kamar Aiken, he is a guy that's just a burner, but he's not going to be very expensive. He still has um, some definite years in front of him. He's a one guy that I liked out of this group, and you mentioned um, the other one as well, and that was Russell Shepard, who's a guy I think that you could bring in and he could be successful. He's not going to be great, but uh, definitely a guy that could give you a small boost, a guy that can play behind. Um, the, the guys that you're going to pick up and give you a small boost. But really, for me, I would, obviously I think Terrell Pryor would be my favorite one to get because if you can so much you can do with him. You know, he can do anything on the field. Uh, but for me, I think the most realistic and probably the best move for us would be to go after Kamar Aiken. Yeah, my big deal with Pryor is, is you're, you're betting against the Browns as far as salary cap. And they're going to spend whatever they got to spend to keep them, probably. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, it's it's going to be that Brock Osweiler situation. Like, how much money do you really want to spend on a guy that you don't know is going to blow it up for you? Um, it's just you know, the, the Browns; they don't have a lot of a lot left in this world. You know, they don't have a lot of pride or anything else going on. So, keeping Terrell Pryor is probably the one guy that they're going to they're going to hang on to, and you're going to go real high. Hey, let me just tell you this: I'm looking at the, uh, and I don't know what made me, but I'm looking up at the roster. There's a lot of guys that are not going to be here. I don't know if you guys realize who we're actually going to be have who will have next year, but I don't think Harry Douglas is coming back for one. Mariani, I don't believe, is coming back. That leaves us with Rashard Matthews, Tajay Sharp, Kendall Wright's gone, and Trey McBride's the only other receiver on the roster right now. Yeah. So I mean, that leaves us with a pretty big hole at receiver that I didn't even realize we had. Um, well, that's why we were kind of going through those mid-level guys. Is this is a guy? This is a guy. And there is much, you know, fill in third guy on the, you know, field backup guys as anything else. I think Shepard could be a guy that we really do bring in, and he's, a, you know, next year's Matthews if we can't address, you know, wide receiver in the draft uh, sufficiently. I think we're going to have to go after somebody. You know, I don't think. The big names are just not that exciting. You know, we've gone over it before, and you, Glenn, you were talking about it. The big names in this class are just not that exciting. There's a couple guys at the middle that we've talked about that would be good, and I think that's great. If we can get a guy like a Mike Williams, you get a guy like an Aiken, or especially if you can get Pryor, that'd be awesome. But you get one of those guys in there as well, I mean, that's a completely different unit. Then you're, I mean, you're talking, if you can get two guys like that, then you got have Matthews might be a possible third receiver, and if that's the case, then, you know, that's going to be a fairly strong unit. You know, it's definitely going to be a huge difference from what it was last year. I Oops. think it's a good it's a good thing to turn the page now where we are um, growing as a young team because I think really I don't I don't see Rashard getting bumped to three with what we're about to do, but um, I don't I really truly don't see Harry, Harry Douglas getting signed back, and I, I know Mariani's not coming back. That leaves literally at least two holes on that on that roster for us. Um, I really do, and I and I didn't even consider this talking about the draft, but the Mike Williams pick makes so much sense. Looking at what I, I didn't see receiver as a huge hole as it really is, and I'm looking at it right now. Truly, man, we we really only have Matthews and Sharp, other than Trey McBride. I mean, I don't see him as a starter. I don't know if he makes the roster next year. Yeah, once you look at the depth, you understand that. Receiver is an issue. They're obviously talking about speed, and they're not going to. Uh, Williams is the only guy they're going to spend big money on signing. Um, I, the other guys like uh, Ross, you know, blazing speed, you don't take him at the top of the draft. So you, you look for the burners later on. I'm really curious to see the uh, combine times, and you know, once we get the combine times, those those guys who are posting really fast times that you don't know much about. Those are going to be the guys that we're going to have to go do some research on because they hit the radar instantly. And that's the kind of difference maker that John Robinson will be looking at outside of that top-level receiver. But Mike Williams makes a lot of sense, you know, with what you just read off. And any of these guys are good value fill-in guys. You know, Gordon and Jeffrey, 
would be so much sexier if they weren't Gordon and Jeffrey, the man, <laughs> instead of yeah. just the player. Because right. Jeffrey can't stay healthy and Gordon can't stay eligible. So they take themselves out of the conversation, and they're both really physically gifted guys. Uh, so, you know, we're talking about bringing in some good fill-in guys. You know, a prior would be a good second receiver to have, and he might make them think twice about drafting Williams with that top spot and trade further back. But you still have to find a receiver. Some extra speed would be really nice because Matthews is your deep guy. He worked out pretty nice this year. But Mariota has shown the ability to throw the deep ball and be effective. So if we can get a burner in here, it's going to be really nice to have somebody who every time every time they do a play action, the defense is kind of wondering where's that guy at. You have to go check on him because he might be flying down the field. That ball might be about to come out. Especially with the entire defense playing so far forward to try to stop DeMarco Murray. I mean, that mm-hmm. gives you a lot of options down the field. And if we had more than just Matthews that could run down the field and catch a pass, I mean, it would have been huge last year. And that's what we're talking about moving forward is having another guy that can stretch the defense like that. I mean, it yeah, Especially if you've got a spy on uh, Mariota, too. Exactly. Uh, but we're going to take a quick commercial break right here, guys. When we come back, we have some more questions to go to, and we're going to talk a little bit of playoffs here and what we expect for the Super Bowl. So we'll be right back. Time to pay the bills. Some quick ads, and we'll get right back to the show. Hey Titans fans, you've probably heard us talk about the group page several times on this show, and I'm sure you're wondering what we're talking about. Tennessee Titans Uncensored is a Facebook group page that was built by Titans fans for Titans fans and was founded by our very own Matt Necrone. If you're a Titans fan that's looking to talk about the latest Titan news, then this is where you need to be. And you can help me shit talk to crackheads. Because nobody likes crackheads. That is Tennessee Titans Uncensored on Facebook. Tighten up. Hey guys, you've heard us talk about Hang 10 Apparel before on the show, and if you haven't checked them out, then you're truly missing out. Hang 10 is the one place to find unique Titans gear that you will not find anywhere else. Whether it's a Maragoda hoodie, a Mahalo Etch a Boy t-shirt, or Mike Keith's Music City Miracle Call on a sweater. There are no flags on the field! It's a miracle! The only place to find it is Hang 10. Just go to hangtn.com to find all this great gear. And while you're there, don't forget to use our promo code 2TONE to get 10% off any purchase. That's hangtn.com, the official Titan shop of 2TONE Uncensored. Tighten up. You're listening to 2TONE Uncensored, brought to you by Podbean. Hey, this is Bo Scaife. You're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored. Tighten up. And we're back from this commercial break. Let's get it right back into the questions here as we bring you an all-mailbag edition of Two-Tone Uncensored. The next question, Garrett Cole asks, Amy Adams stated the uniforms will be updated in 2018. What would you like to see Nike do with our uniforms? You know, I don't care. Um, We had this conversation a while back. Uh, actually, back before the season started, when this first kind of came up, uh, they were talking about that we might be changing it. People wanted some more red or wanted all red uniforms. Anything that stays, you know, two-tone blue, because that works for us. And, okay. you know, if they want to get a little bit more oilery with it, I'm fine with that. I wouldn't mind some throwback kind of a look to it. But that doesn't have to happen that way. I don't really care too much as long as well, the product on the field is good. I will watch whatever color uniform they want to put out there, even those damn color rush uniforms. If they want to play those full-time and we're winning, whatever. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I do think that even though she had said that it's going to be a minor adjustment, which is actually puts me uh, in a better place because I really don't want to change up, obviously, the two-tone blue. Uh, adding a little red doesn't bother me, but I don't think major changes are going to happen. I do think that the, the sword should be more of an intricate part as opposed to the T that we got. I don't care, like Glenn said, as long as we're winning. But I do like what we have already. I mean, a, a minor adjustment can't hurt. 
but why change it if it's if it's working? It would suck for us if they switched from two tone blue. No, but the only thing uniform wise that I really care about is like bring back the throwbacks once a year. That's the only thing I'm asking. Like Amy, if you're listening, once a year let's get the throwbacks in. But besides that, I don't care. You know, it's they're not. These she already said it's going to be small changes. And Matt, you brought up a good point. More of the sword, less of the T. I think would be cool. But really, I don't. I don't care except for throwbacks. I want to see more of. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing the you know a sword or with Nashville being the Athens of the South and that kind of thing. That, that's awesome. You know, anything if they want to bring a Greek god kind of thing in there, or something sure, whatever. Just don't don't fuck with it too much because it, it's a good looking uniform now, and something more sword like would be fun with me because I mean the. the the T lends itself to that really well. They don't have to make a lot of huge changes to do that. I want like a silhouette of Glenn's handlebar mustache on the back of the helmet, like a little <laughs> sticker just on the back we, of the helmet of a silhouette of that stash. We turn it into a biker vest with cuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! But, but, a bunch awesome. of bikers with swords, you know, mounted on their bikes. They come, they come riding out. Of, they, they come riding out at the beginning of the game and pull out their swords, and they're like riding around the field doing fucking burnouts and shit, and with their swords waving there, and then right off. Glenn Glenn kills T Rack in the first game. <laughs> there you go, T Rack sword fight right off the bat. Fuck your raccoon. That's right. Yeah, now the mascot, I could stand to replace that. And, yeah, yeah. You know, there, what is the there, fuck does a raccoon have to do with the Titans? Is there a story behind that? I'm sure there is. I don't know it, but isn't it just no because idea. they have a lot of raccoons in Tennessee? I thought that was always the, that was know. the thing behind it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of deer and roadkill too. Uh, you don't see them dragging out that shit. Right. Yeah, I don't know. He he could go. It wouldn't bother me. I, I honestly thought that they would have something more Titany. You know, as their mascot, though, we broke out the raccoon for T-Rex. I'm like, what the fuck? At least a T-Rex or something. I mean, come on. You just see the raccoon that has this, like, tire marks over his chest where Glenn and his biker gang ran him over. I do have a T-Rex pillow, so I'm not, like, a full-blown hater, but I just don't understand where it came from. I'm not from. hating. I'm just saying it's ripe for replacement. Yeah. I mean, again, it's one of those things where I don't care. But if you talk about replacing stuff, let's get rid of the raccoon because what the hell does that have to do with it? Dude, ask any fan that's not in the AFC South, and they can't tell you what the Titans mascot is, and then you tell them Raccoon, and they never believe you. Yeah, it's like, why? (laughs) It's like having a sea turtle for the Dolphins mascot or something like that. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) That would at least be in the same theme, like ocean life. Like That would even make more sense than the T-Rex does. (laughs) All right, guys, let's jump into the next one. Mallory Walsh asks, Chip Kelly... Uh, interviewed for the head coaching job uh, for Jacksonville, obviously did not get it, but now is going back to interview for the offensive coordinator position. Does this possible hire scare you at all? No. Fuck you, Kelly. No, seriously, though. Um, it would be a nice upgrade for what they do on offense, but it would just fuck up their running game. Uh, he's shown that he can't handle you know, running backs. They don't have a scat back back there. Their problem they had this year is that they have – Two slow running backs. They have two guys who aren't explosive. Um, they, they can't get it done anymore. So unless you're going to bring in a new running back, you know somebody fresh to upgrade that position, and that guy's got some speed and doesn't need a blocker in front of him, you know the, the best guy he ever had for what he does on offense was LaShawn McCoy, and he traded him away because he didn't like him. I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't know what they would bring him in there for because he's not going to help their running game any. And I haven't seen anything from Blake Bortles that makes me think that he's going to excel in that position like that. Yeah, not worried whatsoever. I don't. I'm not impressed with Chip Kelly. I'm glad he's not here. I'm very glad he's not our head coach right now. People had suggested that maybe we should bring him in as offensive coordinator. I don't even like that idea. I, I get that him and Mario to have that connection, but I mean, just just all the the dumpster fires that he started and some of them are still burning right now. So, I mean, I don't want anything to do with him. You can't argue with his success at the college level. And I know he came into the Eagles and went 10 and six and 10 and six in back-to-back seasons. But if you look at those years, the defense outplayed the offense. It wasn't like his offense was the thing that was going out there and blowing everybody away. So it's, it's still a guy that hasn't really had a whole lot of success. You know, he's an offensive-minded guy. If you're an offensive-minded guy and your defense is winning games in spite of your offense, it's not a good for your track record. Uh, just not that impressed. And no, this doesn't really worry me that much. Chip Kelly seems to only succeed when he has 
very athletic quarterbacks too. And Blake Bortles, I still think, is a good quarterback, but he's definitely not athletic. You love him? Absolutely love the Bortle. Man, you just upset because I waxed both of your asses in fantasy this year. Love the portal. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you waxed me. Uh, I still got second place. I wasn't like blown out. Matt, on yeah, the other hand, that's just the first loser, man. It, it was a first loser, and it's still the same thing as being the last place. I accept that fact, but wax is a little overselling it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next question here. This is a simple one here from Jay Russell. Who is your MVP this season? I'm gonna say. Probably Matt Ryan, because he did it from the start all year long. Um, and you take him away from that team, and as good as everybody else is, they can't get anything done. My, my number two after that would be Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we've seen what he's meant to that uh, team in this offseason. It's one of those two guys. Or maybe you give it to uh, uh, Zeke, because uh, what he did for the Cowboys this year. But we saw Aaron Rodgers means more than uh, Zeke does because Zeke couldn't get enough of it done. So I'm going to say Matt Ryan because he's changed the Falcons from that team that I expect to lose to the team that every time they line up, they've got a chance to win. I agree, actually. I think Matt Ryan will win MVP. There's a lot of red flags with the Tom Brady being the MVP, but I do think that he's definitely in consideration. He is probably, you know, if this whole four-game suspension thing didn't happen – uh, he may have run away with it. I do give credit to Aaron Rodgers as well. Like, like you said, I think that uh, if it comes down to it, I think Ryan, Brady, and then Rodgers would be my order. But all are deserving. Aaron Rodgers might be maybe not the best quarterback this season, but for the past few years, other than maybe Brady, today he's probably the best one. But I do think that Matt Ryan overall, body of work, stats, performance, and, and where they are right now, you know, they play each other this week, so obviously that's going to be something to watch, and, and we'll see which one comes to play. But I do think Matt Ryan probably deserves it the most, and I, I think he is going to win it. My answer is Matt Ryan as well. Yeah, we're seeing right now Aaron Rodgers come alive, and if he played like this all season, there's no question it'd be him. But, you know, obviously the the playoffs do not count. It's what you did in the regular season that matters. And Matt Ryan was obviously the best quarterback this year. You look at his stats, he played unbelievable. Had a really great season really coming uh, into form for him, into that elite conversation uh, after the season that he had. Um, and it, it does suck that you see Aaron Rodgers struggle all season. And right now he's just on fire, just playing as good as anybody we've ever seen play this position play. And it sucks to see him suck the whole first half of the season and then come on, but that's the way it works sometimes. And it's obviously has to be, in my opinion, Matt Ryan. Yeah, and, you know, talking about Matt Ryan's transformation, last year I thought he would be that guy because uh, Kyle Shanahan went in there as his offensive coordinator and changed the way they do things and made them more of a runaway team, which I knew was going to help Matt Ryan out by not making it so – stressful for him that he has to you know be the, the savior every game it didn't happen last year i picked up a bunch of fantasy football last year because i thought it was going to happen last year i didn't get him this year and it was this year uh this is the year he blew up and it's it's got a lot to do with his uh, offensive coordinator and i'm curious to see if one of these teams is waiting for the uh for the falcons to get knocked out of the playoffs so they can try to hire uh, shanahan away maybe this is the year they give him a shot to be the head coach somewhere yeah, I think Matt Ryan is probably the the front runner of the, the second-tier quarterbacks. He's not quite there at elite, but honestly, I think, and, and we'll probably get into this later, but I'll say it right now, I don't think Atlanta's going to win the Super Bowl, but that's who I'm rooting for. I think uh, out of all the four teams, and even with you know the last, before the winners of last week's games, uh, Atlanta is who I, who I was rooting for, and I think that maybe if he can get over that hump, he can get into that top tier of quarterbacks. I agree that he's right there on the cusp of being, you know, the next elite quarterback in the NFL. He's he's having a fantastic year. And clearly, I think the MVP would be shocking at this point for it to be else, to be honest. Uh, Last question, and this is going to lead us right into the playoff talk, guys. Cloyd Hammer sends this one in. Of the four teams left in the playoffs – who do you like making the Super Bowl and winning it? So I'm going to ask you this way, and we'll break it down game by game. Green Bay at Atlanta this week. 
Atlanta favored by four and a half points. Uh, all of our odds, by the way, someone asked last week where I got the playoff odds. All of my odds come from Odd Shark. Uh, so just for anybody who's out there and they're interested. So four and a half point favorites for Atlanta. Who do you think is going to win this game? I have to go with Atlanta in this game. Um, Aaron Rodgers is my boy. He, he's the guy that I want Mariota to turn into whenever he fully enters into that elite level. Uh, he has everything you want in a quarterback. He has absolutely no fear. He has a great arm. He has incredible luck. He just he makes magic happen on the field. And if the rest of the team could embody some of that and they didn't have just injuries starting to mount up, uh, we saw this last this game this week against Dallas. Their line started limping around a little bit too much. And in watching Atlanta play against Seattle, I couldn't find any weaknesses in that team. If I had seen them play the wild card round and seen how well they were looking going into the game with Seattle, I wouldn't have been wrong in picking Seattle. I would have picked Atlanta there. If I had to pick a quarterback, I'd pick Aaron Rodgers. If i got to pick a team, I'm going to have to go with Atlanta because they can run the ball. They can pass the ball really, really well, and their defense has stepped up and is starting to make plays. And that's the problem that the Cowboys had is they couldn't get consistent play out of their defense. And when you're going against Aaron Rodgers, that's to be understood. But I don't think the Packers will be able to run the ball as well in Atlanta as they did on the Cowboys, and that's going to be the difference. It's going to end up being the Falcons, I think. I think a lot of us are still – viewing the Falcons as the Falcons of old with the suspect defense that always seems to fold when it's crunch time. Uh, But from what I saw last week, that is not the same team. I was really impressed with the intensity of the stadium. That was, you know, the fans were there. They were ready for, for whatever was coming their way. They manhandled Seattle offense and defense. But the one major issue I see with that game is Julio Jones health. I know his ankle has been bothering him all year. He's been off and on. I don't think anything is keeping him out of this game. If we're going on spreads, I might take Green Bay, but I do think Atlanta is going to win this game. I'm going to be the odd man out here because I'm going to take Green Bay. Um, and I know on paper Atlanta lines up better. Their defense, you know, you got guys like Vic Beasley uh, on that defense who's had a great season this year. Their secondary has definitely improved after being um, one of the worst in the league just a handful of years ago, and now you know we're talking about some guys that have performed very well. You have Julio Jones, who his health does scare you a little bit. Without him, that's a huge loss for this offense. A lot of the offense goes through him, and then you have two dynamic running backs, uh, some solid receivers outside of Julio right under him. But Aaron Rodgers right now is just playing untouchable. He's unreal. Even when these guys are guarded, he's getting footballs to them. Even when you, you know, you're playing double coverage, he's finding guys. And there's no guy to tee off on. We watched a team, a Green Bay team, beat Dallas without Jordy Nelson at all. And it looks like Jordy Nelson will be back this week after taking that shot in the ribs in the um, wild card week. So with the Jordy Nelson back and you have you know guys like Jared Cook, who's been playing outstanding. That catch he had at the end of the game was nothing short of flawless. Um, Randall Cobb, you you have a lot of receivers there, a lot of guys that can make plays on this team. On the defensive side of the ball, they're going to have a tough matchup to be sure, but this team is pretty solid against the run, one of the better teams in football at stopping the run. A lot of that has to do with Clay Matthews playing there uh, and some solid linebacker play. If Julio Jones... It's not 100%. It really worries me what Atlanta's going to be able to do because that means that you can put more pressure on that running game and slow it down. And then those other receivers are good but definitely coverable. Uh, Julio Jones is the only one on that team that is really an uncoverable kind of a guy. But I'm going to take the the Packers here, but I think it's going to be a really tight, very high-scoring football game. Yeah, I want to take the Packers. Uh, if I was one of those people that had a second football team, it would be the Packers. I, I can't be that guy. But, you know, just basically because of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre before him, their quarterbacks play the style of football I like to see. There's that fearless attitude. Now, I'd love to pick the Packers. I just I, I don't see them doing it. Uh, is Morgan Burnett going to be in this game? I know he missed a lot of this last game. I think the injuries are mounting up, and it's just going to rob the Packers of that ability to get to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I initially picked Green Bay, and I do think we, we have the best matchups, NFC and AFC, and initially I did pick uh, New England over Green Bay. 
I'm rooting for Atlanta, but you know, this game is truly a toss-up. I really don't know who's going to win this one. Moving into the next one here, we have Pittsburgh at New England. Also a four-and-a-half-point spread in this one in favor of uh, New England Patriots obviously playing at home. How do you see this one going? This is a uh, another just tremendous game, like Matt just said. You've got the three-headed monster with you know the, the killer bees, and then you've got Tom Brady, who's on a fucking mission this year. Tom Brady is going to take this team to the Super Bowl. I, I believe they're going to win this game because Tom Brady is, like I've said it before, he's on a mission. He's pissed off. He wants to win the Super Bowl this year so he can tell Roger Goodell to go fuck himself on the stand. <laughs> you know, I, I really think it's going to happen. You are hell-bent on that. I think it's going to happen, man. Cause, <laughs> I mean, every time someone brings it up, he just looks pissed off at every press conference. Uh, anytime they're talking to the to them after the game, it's like, hey, how do you feel about that four game? Did, you know, did it slow you down or anything? He just looks mad. Uh, I, I really believe he's on a mission. And the Patriots, I, I wouldn't pick them if I was playing mad. I wouldn't pick them over the Steelers. But to, I believe Tom Brady is so much of a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger, which is not an insult to Ben. He plays really well. But if if you watch that Green Bay game. And you watched Aaron Rodgers, and then you looked at the throws that Big Ben was making, where he's missing passes and he's throwing these weird-looking balls out there. You, you see that Ben is not that level of quarterback, but Tom Brady is that level of quarterback. It's almost cheating when Tom Brady throws the ball sometimes because I, I could go out there and catch the balls over my shoulder because Tom would be like, just 10 yards out, put your hands up over the right side of your head, and the ball is going to hit you in the hands. You know, it, He's that good of a quarterback. I think that's going to be the difference. Uh, the Patriots have a pretty stout defense. Brown, uh, he's going to get his. Le'Veon Bell's going to get his. It's going to be a good game. I can't wait to watch both of these games, but I'm going to pick the Patriots in this one. Yeah, I think for all the reasons you just said, I agree. I think the Patriots are built to win this game. They didn't come out and play like they wanted to last week, and I really think that's going to be a big part of why they're going to dominate this week. Uh, you cannot beat the New England Patriots kicking field goals all night long. So I got the Patriots winning this one for sure. Again, I'm going to be the odd man out here. I'm going to pick Pittsburgh. Um, I like this Patriots team. They are good. But this defense is not, I don't think, is nearly as good as uh, as it's been made out to be. If you look at the quarterbacks that they've played, Carson Palmer, Ryan Tannehill, Brock Osweiler, Tyrod Taylor, uh, Cody Kessler, Andy Dalton, Landry Jones, Tyrod Taylor, Russell Wilson, who's who they lost to, by the way, Colin Kaepernick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jared Goff, Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon, and Bryce Petty, and Matt Moore. These are the quarterbacks that they've played. They've played one good quarterback this season, and that was Russell Wilson, and they lost that game to Russell Wilson. And I'm not overly impressed with this Seahawks team either. So it, he, this defense looks a lot better I think than they actually are because they haven't really played talented teams they haven't played talented offenses this year now obviously the offense is going to work not having Gronk is a, is a question mark obviously but Tom Brady makes weapons out of guys how many guys have we seen move away from New England and not have success at the wide receiver position this is David Givens exactly we were just talking about him earlier uh, but Tom Brady's a stud. There's nothing. I mean, the guy's going to go down as the greatest quarterback of all time, uh, and he is a fantastic player. But this Pittsburgh defense has stepped up as of late. They've been really good against the run. They are still a little suspect against the pass, but they've been playing better as of late. And right now, the big three are playing well. The one thing that does worry me, and you mentioned it, Glenn, is Ben Roethlisberger came out of came out wearing a boot right after the wild card weekend and then you saw some of these passes and watch his footwork on this passes and, it, and it's clunky i think he's that is not fully healed and that what is what led to a lot of these passes where he's floating it over guys heads you know he's too far inside too far outside whatever the case may be we didn't see big ben play like he normally does and i think it's that injury it's definitely something to look out for in this game coming up uh, but right now i just think that this pittsburgh team you know, these guys, Le'Veon Bell's as hot as he's going to get right now. Uh, AB is playing fantastic. 
this team has too much to stop, and I think you're really going to see this Patriots defense struggle when they have to play against a team, an offense uh, that is really talented. My thing with the Patriots defense is it's not so much about their secondary, it's about their front seven. They've been really good against the run this year because they bulked up because everybody else in their division was bulking up. So I think the run up the middle won't be there as much. You know, it's Le'Veon Bell. He's going to get his. That's not a question. I just I don't know that their defense is going to allow them to just run the ball up the middle and control the clock. And if Big Ben struggles, then that's going to be the problem for them. That's that's going to what's going to cost them the game. It you know like you said, it's a question of quarterback levels. Obviously, the Patriots don't have a Le'Veon Bell level running back, but no other team in the league does. They don't have just that one superstar tight end, receiver, whatever. But when you have a quarterback that makes everybody on the field much better, I think that the offense gets enough done and their defense can slow the the Steelers down enough. Because, like Matt said, if all you're doing is kicking field goals, and I don't think that's going to happen in this game. I think they'll get a couple touchdowns. But if you're kicking mostly field goals or you don't have the oomph to get it into the end zone, then the Patriots beat you every time. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Um, I didn't actually see it on Facebook because I'm, well, for one, the Steelers are like my most hated team. But uh, Antonio Brown went live on Facebook during the postgame speech that Tomlin was giving and basically gave up whatever Tomlin during his speech was basically like, you know, we're going to keep this in house and, and was, was pissed off about how they got an extra day and a half to rest. And there he, he called him. I, I didn't actually hear the audio. I actually heard it on um, Mike and Mike this morning, but uh, I'm sure it's out there. If you want to look it up, Antonio Brown's in the locker room filming his coach <laughs> during this private moment that even Tomlin said, he's like, you know, we're going to keep this in house, blah, blah, blah. And here's Antonio Brown. Uh, broadcasting it to everybody on Facebook, but that's going to fuel the fire, I think, and and I don't think that that Pittsburgh is going to come with enough to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. Yeah, you won't see the the Patriots come out flat this week. No, no, I would agree with there with with Matt. Patriots are probably the team I hate the most, but I just I'm seeing a team that's playing hot right now, um, and I think that there is a giant gap between. Kansas City's defense and the Patriots defense and I don't think the Patriots defense were as good as they ranked and they didn't rank anywhere that you would consider great for sure um, in most categories they ranked okay middle of the road or, or slightly better than but definitely not a top team and I don't think they're even at that level I think they're closer to the middle of the road or below average than they are um, closer to the top all right so you guys have both have Atlanta versus New or yeah Atlanta versus New England. I have Green Bay versus Pittsburgh. Who's going to win the Super Bowl for you two? You know if if Brady would promise me that he was going to uh, go out there and flip off Roger Goodell, I would absolutely say the Patriots. <laughs> um, that probably doesn't really happen in real life, though. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say the Falcons because I think they're a complete enough team that they could actually beat the Patriots. I will say that uh, I still believe – let me just state this again. I'm actually rooting for the Falcons no matter what happens. I do think it will probably be Green Bay and New England. And I got New England beaten whoever they play. I think New England's winning this one. You're a Matt Ryan fan. I have – obviously, like I said earlier, I have Pittsburgh taking on Green Bay in my Super Bowl. Uh, I'm going to take Green Bay. Just right now, Aaron Rodgers playing so hot. I just It's hard for me to pick against him right now. And so that's who I'm going to go with. So that, that's about all the show that we have this week. We'll be back. We're going to head into some some more off-season stuff. We have a lot of plans, a lot of stuff in the works for this upcoming week and for the weeks that come after that. Uh, we also have a guy that is a good friend of the show that's going to start writing articles for us that give you an in-depth look at the our AFC South rivals. You know, the Texans, the Colts, the Jaguars, and what they're doing throughout the offseason. It's going to continue into next season. This first article should be up this week, uh, sometime about when this episode comes out. So be sure to keep your eye out for that. It will be on our site at twotonepodcast.podbean.com. Also, as always, you can find the show on Twitter, the Podbean app. Um, sorry, not Twitter. The Podbean app and anywhere where you can find iTunes, you can find the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Let me get this in there. 
Um, if you guys haven't already, you got to go to hangtn.com. Put the promo code two tone in for ten percent off any item. I just got my Mari Gota shirt in the mail today. I'll post that on the on the Facebook group. But make sure you guys go and check that out. Absolutely. And sometime this week, we're going to put out like some kind of uh, survey for everybody. What you guys want to hear throughout the off season? We'd love to get everybody's input. Just what kind of stuff are you interested in hearing through the off season? Because obviously, it's a long time before we get to watch some Titans football again. So just what everybody wants to see. It'll be out sometime this week, so keep an eye out for it. Uh, we'll push it across all of our social medias on Facebook and Twitter so everybody can get a chance to hear their opi- or get their opinion heard and we can get you the show that you want to listen to. But again, as always, thanks everybody who listens to the show and thanks everybody who contributes with, via the mailbag. I'm sure that through the offseason we'll do another show like this where we take a bunch of mailbag questions. So keep sending them in each and every week. Tighten up, everybody. Tighten up. Tighten up. Good effort there, Matt. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Two-Tone Uncensored podcast. You can listen to the show at twotoneuncensored.podbean.com or by downloading the Podbean app on your mobile device. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Two-Tone Uncensored and like us on Facebook. 